1: Welcome back to the official SEC Slow Smokes March Madness podcast. I'm your host, Alex. I got my boys, Holt Smash on the line and Mr. Tender King of Memphis on the line. How are you boys doing? Doing good,
2: Alex. Doing good. Glad we can finally talk about the uh, SEC tournament that Mississippi State won today. <laughs> the SEC. Oh, wait.
1: Wait. Women's basketball, Right.
2: Yeah, they finally they finally won it. They lost in the championship game to South Carolina like three years in a row. And they finally were able to win it this year. So they're regular season champs and tournament champs. So shout out to the to the lady
1: dogs. We're where Miss State's good at something. Mr. J.B. Brooks, were you the one who tweeted about Arkansas women? Arkansas Lady Hogs? No, that was not me. Dang, you've been you've been eyeballing this one, Holt.
2: Yeah, that's right. Dang. The, but you gotta you gotta give Arkansas some credit. I mean, they pulled two huge upsets. And upsets are not really common in women's basketball at all. There's such so a huge, were, huge yeah, disparity
1: between, like, the good teams and the bad teams.
2: Yeah, there really are. So, they, they were able to beat South Carolina in the first round, the two seed, and then Texas A&M, the three seed, in the second round. And they were the 10 seed. So, they, they really made some noise. They're uh, definitely moving in the right direction. And uh, they they got beat up on pretty good today by Mississippi State. But,
1: uh, you know, it was still pretty impressive that they made it as far as they did, being the 10 seed and all. I was, uh, I was people in women's basketball. Because I was curious um, how good Connecticut is again this year, like how dominant they are. But they lost two games in one year, and I think that's like a complete failure. I think they might be ready to fire Gino after yeah, this year. Yeah,
3: this is a down. This is what we would call a down year for UConn women's
1: hoops. Jamie, give me give me the scoop for the Lady Vols because there's um, your boy your boy Philly Fulmer, uh gave I forgot her name, but she gave he gave her oh, an extension. Warwick. Holly Warlick Warlick Warwick? Yeah, I know what you're talking about Warlick. Yeah. Gave her extension, but not everybody was on board with that, right?
3: Absolutely not. I mean, a lot of Tennessee fans are pretty much fed up with Holly. The thing that's really complicated with her is that she is a former player. She played for Pat Summit, so there's kind of like this little tension here. Like, how how do you go about getting rid of her? I think a lot of fans and maybe even Philip Forward too. We're hoping that she'll just step down from this position and maybe go into an administrative position. And then that way they can hire a new coach because obviously things are not going to get any better under her. And the program has obviously slipped under who, her. Who
1: team. wants to – honestly, who wants to follow Pat Summitt? That's that's not fun at all.
3: Well, I mean, she was their – Pat Summitt's lead assistant for like 16, 17 years. So, I mean, she learned from the best and – it seems like uh, once Pat Summit died a couple of years ago, like, she just never was able to maintain that intensity. She didn't really have anyone to lean on and ask for advice either because, you know, losing her best friend and, you know, her mentor. So it was definitely a tough time for her. But, you know, like, if that Tennessee job comes open, it will be one of the most highly sought positions in women's hoops. And, I mean, I'm sure a lot of coaches will want that position too.
1: You know who's on the market is um our – former Lady Dragon, Nikki McCray. I think she's at South Carolina assistant right now.
3: She is, indeed. And also, I think the Louisville head coach is a former uh, Tennessee uh, – used to work with Pat Summitt, I think, as well, or may have went to Tennessee. I can't remember for sure, but I think Louisville's a top-10 program this year, aren't they? Yeah,
2: they are.
1: They they made it to the Elite Eight or Final Four, I think, last year. Oh, whenever we were talking about this a while ago, I think it was during rapid-fire questions, we asked your best sports memory, and you said it was, uh, I think – Mississippi State beating UConn women basketball team, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was actually – not only, like, was that a big deal that they beat them, but it was actually a really good game, and it was kind of tight.
2: Yeah, it went to overtime, and UConn had won 111
1: games in a row before that. Yeah, it was um, – it was kind of exciting. Whenever you see a really good team, it's kind of, like, very similar whenever I watch Alabama football play. I just – even when teams go up, I always just expect – the dominant team that's won all the time to come back at some point, kind of like UConn women's basketball team or Alabama win almost scores the first touchdown or something like that. Right. Yeah. That's a dominant program for sure. Let's, uh, let's set the stage for today. We don't normally do a uh, rundown of what we're going to talk about, but I think that's uh, kind of beneficial to our listeners here. Um, so I have four different uh, topics I want to talk about and kind of broad, but, um, Still, give you an idea of what we're, what we're gonna get into today. So I got the NFL mock draft. Of course, we have like I think I counted like ten SEC players going in the first round, something like that. It's over five, un, maybe under ten, somewhere around that range. Uh, in the mock draft, we're obviously gonna talk about the SEC tournament, which starts what Tuesday, JB?
3: Uh, it's gonna be starting Wednesday. It'll be Wednesday, Wednesday night. Wednesday night's the uh, fourteen and eleven seed game, and the twelve and thirteen seeds, and then the quarterfinals is on uh, third. Or uh, let me think. Quarterfinals are on Friday, semis are on Saturday, and championship Sunday. So, actually, um, the tournament starts Thursday, not Wednesday. I, I got that mixed up. Thursday night is the uh, play the first games. Wait, wait, I'm, I'm trying to think.
2: No, it's Wednesday. That's even right. though you, t- you
1: texted the schedule to the group twice and you still don't even know when it starts. It starts Wednesday.
4: That's right. For the, Wednesday. I had it yeah. the first
1: time. I just – right. I just I'm I'm going to learn over time not to ask JB simple questions because that was like a <laughs> Yeah, two I, just learned, I just realized it, yeah. You'd be a good politician, JB, though. You're just all over the place. Talk, uh, talk for like five minutes but then don't actually say anything. So like, have you ever listened to somebody talk for that long? You're like, what did you actually even ask in the first place? I forgot. You're just talking for so long. But um, SEC's tournament starts Wednesday, according to Holt and JB now. They're on the same board. Okay, gotcha. Which we will go into the NCAA tournament. We'll talk about who we think's in who we think's out. We'll even talk about uh, non-SEC teams uh, for some possible Cinderella stories. Um, shout out to um, Liskum today. But we'll talk about that later. Um, also, um, related to SEC basketball is the SEC champion, regular season champion, conference champion, Uh, Will Wade and LSU. Will Wade's obviously been in the news. We'll talk about all of his controversy and what LSU should do this year, whether they should play out the regular season or the tournament or just call it a day and uh, go ahead and ban themselves. We'll get into it. Let's start off with – before we even get into these four topics, let's talk about what everybody had to eat real quick because we asked this in the group chat, and it sounded somewhat kind of interesting enough to – I want to talk about it. Um, JB had – Tyson chicken, am I right? Um. Well,
3: if you're talking about today, I had a Devour uh, frozen dinner. And oh, this shit. Is via, this is the Cajun chicken and sausage Alfredo, which is pretty solid for a frozen dinner. Homemade, though. Homemade.
1: I'm just kidding. Um, yeah.
2: He well, well, made it at home.
1: Yeah, there you go. Um. Yeah. I mean, I still think you're living pretty high on the hog if you're getting Tyson, not like Koga brand stuff. So maybe that's just the state of where where our minds are right now, but um, even more interesting than JB's lunch slash dinner was Holt, who is still in Sparksville. No, I'm back in Jackson now. I made it back
2: today. I drove up there to uh, check out the new baseball stadium and all of that.
1: And uh, they're playing Maine this week. So tell me, tell me about suite. tell me about the new SEC baseball stadium because it's still still same stadium. They just renovated it a little bit, added on.
2: Yeah, well, they actually they completely like tore it down and rebuilt it. It is in the same spot. Um, but they completely redid it. And it's, um, you know, obviously with my job, I go to a lot of like minor league stadiums and stuff like that. And uh, it's nicer than anything I've seen, not in the big leagues. I mean, it's nicer than any minor league stadium I've ever been to. It's yeah. just like everything's like state of the art, and there's not a bad seat in the house, and there's a concourse that goes all the way around. You can, the field is
1: visible from everywhere. So it's uh it's really really cool. Y'all should uh, definitely get down there and check it out. No time. no bias. You think S or Mississippi State has the best stadium in the SEC? Oh yeah, it's not even close. I I mean would, would second be second? LSU. That's what I was LSU second. That's what I was going to say. Ole Miss is kind of nice too, or at least I, I don't necessarily think about the stadium itself. I just think about the atmosphere. Mississippi State right. obviously takes serious LSU, and then Ole Miss actually is kind of um, looks at least fun on TV to so be at the
2: game. And Ole
1: Miss is renovating their stadium right now, I think so. <laughs>
3: Yeah, like but I, I would say the two Mississippi schools and LSU are probably the best places to go see a game. Also, Arkansas and Fayetteville. Yeah, is
1: Arkansas is a lot of fun too. too. Another another topic we we tweeted this out this week. Um, there's twelve SEC t- baseball teams ranked right now. Um, the only two were Vanderbilt and Alabama, I think. Um, Crazy. No, Kentucky and Alabama. <laughs> oh, Vanderbilt's good. Yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah, Vanderbilt's like the no- <laughs> Vanderbilt's number one. No, 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 I'm thinking about. i think I'm thinking got, about. I think you got
3: baseball. And yeah, basketball
1: yeah. Vanderbilt's. Um. Yeah, they they just haven't won a game SEC in basketball, but they're they're on the they're on the rise. I mean, only way up from only way is up from here for their basketball team. Um. But yeah. So long term, there's no way this is going to be sustainable to have 12 teams in the top 25 from SEC, right? Because they all will just beat up on each other. Right. And,
2: I mean, if you look at – I'll let JB get in in a second, but I was just going to say real quick, I know, like, Tennessee, I'm pretty sure, is still undefeated. They lost one. And, they lost one. I just checked oh, it out. they did? Finally
3: yeah. took an L today. Yeah.
2: And uh, so, anyway, the, you know, LSU got swept in, uh, against Texas, and they're struggling on the mound a little bit. So, um, it'll be interesting to see if they can turn things around. And, you know, a lot of the teams haven't really played a tough schedule so far. So, uh, you know, once we get into commerce play, we'll start – you know, teams will start knocking each other out, but uh, as of right now, it looks it looks to be as competitive as ever, and it should be a fun season.
1: So, JB, what's going on with Tennessee baseball? Because, like, is this is it still the same coach from Fullerton?
3: No, no. This is their their new coach is uh, Tony Vitello, who is the uh, hitting coach for Arkansas, and he's going into his second season.
1: Okay, yeah, that's how much I pay attention. Um, so they're fifteen and one, I think is what I saw. That I, I don't know if they've really played anybody yet. That's what's kind of hard to tell. It's kind of hard to tell. Um, how good you are in the non-conference because a lot of times they don't play each other um, or play, play big teams, but it looks like Tennessee hasn't played anybody, but they're still 15-1 is a good, good, good way. Well, I mean, you do what you're supposed to do, you know, you play bad teams, you you beat them. I mean, that's.
3: Yeah, they're supposed to beat them. And and now they got like a 14 game cushion over 500. I mean, to me, if for Tennessee, like if they probably, if they finish anywhere around 500 in SEC play, they're they're definitely going to make contention to play in the regionals and March and, I mean, you can't really ask for anything better, especially in Vitello's second season.
1: We need to talk about this offline, but I would be down to go to the SEC baseball tournament. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Um, all right, let's, let's get off of the SEC baseball, before, and <laughs> let's, let's get back to the main topic, which is, uh, Holt, how good was your grandma's home cooking this weekend?
2: It was awesome, and that's what I love about going back to Starville is I always have a place to stay because my grandparents live there. And, um, you know, she made my favorite meal, uh, which is meatloaf. She makes, like, the best meatloaf I've ever had. I can it confirm. Oh, well, I don't know yeah. if I've had
1: meatloaf, but like, your grandma just cooked good in general. Yeah,
2: and she, it was wrapped in bacon, which was really good. And we had cream potatoes and lima beans, and she made some sweet tea. So, and then she made some brownies for dessert. So I definitely loaded up on, on my
1: calories and loaded up on some home cooking while I was down there. So Southern. Everything you just had wrapped in bacon. <laughs> sweet tea yeah. brownies all that sounds good um i was also thinking about this whenever I, we were talking about it is like i don't know any grandmothers that can't cook well at least in the south but like think right. how much it would suck if you were like the only person that had a grandma that couldn't cook in the south <laughs> that'd be yeah. a very sad i don't I, i'm assuming your grandma can cook jb yeah, both of my
2: grandmothers are pretty good
1: cooks. There you go. There you go. And then, Holt you also stepped outside of the grandmother's kitchen and got some uh, good local eats?
2: Yeah, I did. Of course, uh, Friday night after the game, I went over to Stagger and got some fried cheese, uh, pep- uh, but with pepper jack instead of mozzarella, which I'm a really big fan of because it, it gets like it gets really melty a lot more than mozzarella does. And then uh yeah. I just got a burger that was really good, and – um and then today, I was going to go to Little Dewey, but they're actually closed on Sunday, which I totally forgot about. So I ended up going to a place called Obie's and yeah. got a craw- crawfish po'boy that was Silent. outstanding. Yeah, I love that place so much. What's crazy is, like, just, like, a background on me real quick, but, like, I, my parents or my grandparents have lived in Starville, like my whole life. So I used to go in there and visit them and, uh, for, like, a month at a time in the summer, and I'd always want to go to Obie's, like, two or three times while I was there. But then, when I was in school, like I never went because it's kind of like out of the way, it's not near anything, but uh so it was cool to uh go back and check it out. you know, got a the crawfish Po boy like I said on the French bread that was really good and uh had some waffle fries and it was not for free unfortunately,
1: Oof, but for it was free. good it's um this wasn't opening weekend at state for baseball, so I'm trying to figure out why exactly you went just wanted to yeah,
2: I just wanted to to check out the new stadium and uh. You know, I have a lot of free time right now. I used to work in baseball, and I, I don't right now, so I'm trying to take advantage of that by going around and, you know, seeing some of the new baseball stadiums and stuff that I, you know, wasn't able to do when
1: I was, you know, working. Yeah, it's um, it's crazy because the men's basketball team, the women's basketball team is SEC champs now. Um, the men's basketball team probably going to be in a NCAA tournament and hopefully make an SEC tournament run for you there. But – Unless it's football, baseball trumps everything in Starball, right? Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah, baseball is a huge deal at Mississippi State for sure, and it's probably the sport that they're traditionally best at, and uh, just a great atmosphere, and there was a huge crowd. Even though they were just playing Maine. you know, it was still a huge crowd. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know if it was sold out, but it looked pretty close, and, you know, there's people, there had to have been, like, at least seven to 10,000 people there, and... Just a lot of fun,
1: great environment, and just a fun time all around. Maine is also the last place I'd want to be, but that's a different story altogether. It Seems like so far north, so cold. No, no crawfish, no uh, sweet tea, no chicken I've corn. heard the I've heard the drinking water in Maine is really good though. Hey, well, Memphis has a good drinking water too, so we can compete with them. Uh, probably lower murder rates though than the Memphis. I have to say so. Getting to the main topics, JB, NFL mock drafts. I said earlier, SEC has maybe some people <laughs> might say 10 first-round draft picks. Uh, some people might say six, seven, eight, whatever you want to say. But they have, a, they have a shit ton. To me, that's a shit ton. Not a fuck ton, but a shit ton. Who are you drafting out of the SEC in the first pick? Not like if you had the first overall pick, but just if you had a pick out of the SEC, who's the best draft prospect? Who is it? I'm going to have to go
3: with Devin White. I mean, I, I think he's an absolute playmaker at the next level. I think he's going to be a leader, whichever defense he plays on. And linebacker, you know, it's that's always, to me, like the biggest, most important position on the defense, you know, as far as, like, the leader because they're the ones that usually call out the plays at the snap. And Devin White's really good at that. He's got a really high IQ. That would be my pick if, you know, the first SEC player I would take.
1: Do you see him – break down and cry after he ran the 40. But I guess – I'm assuming because, like, he's – it's like he finally made it to the big leagues and, like, he's going to get drafted in the first round.
3: Exactly. I mean, he knows he's about to get paid. He's going to get that big, fat signing bonus.
1: I think this is actually good that you paid Devin White because I think Holt's going to pick somebody else. So, Holt, who you got in the first pick from SEC?
2: Man, it's tough. Uh, I, would, I would have said Jeffrey Simmons before he got hurt. But now that he's hurt, sure. it's kind of maybe a little bit more of a toss-up for me. But I, I'll say actually another – Defensive player from LSU and go with Greedy Williams. I just think mm-hmm. having, I just think a lockdown corner is, uh, just really hard to come by and it's really important, uh, to a defensive success. Um, so I'd have to go with Greedy Williams. You know, I've, I've heard that there's some questioning about his, uh, physicality and his tackling ability. Um, but he is definitely a lockdown cover corner and, um,
1: you definitely can't have too many of those. You know so. who I was disappointed with was uh, Morris Claiborne. He was supposed to be really good. He was good in college, and then he just never really panned out in the league. Or at least I don't. Well, think I mean, he's it. he's been a like he didn't turn into a star, but he's right.
2: still a starter. I mean, yeah. it's hard to it's hard to call someone a bust when they're still like good enough to be like a starter in the NFL. Yeah, I guess I thought he was gonna be like multiple Pro Bowls type of right. player. Yeah, but. he's he's no Patrick Peterson for sure.
3: I mean, that's probably what you're comparing him to is like Patrick Peterson. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of hard to be like Patrick Peterson too because he's yeah. arguably the best defensive back. Did y'all
1: um did y'all see they that uh, they're gonna give or they're gonna let Grant Hill wear number seven next year? Probably. No, I didn't see that, but I'm not surprised. I mean, he's it. So I guess I we just stumbled upon this, or at least I stumbled upon this whenever we were doing the um, SEC countdown or last summer to the number of days until SEC football starts. Um, And we were picking players with the the jersey number that matched the number of days left until college football. And when we got to seven, it was really hard because, like, I was like, man, there's everybody from LSU that was really good was number seven. Furnette was number seven. Peterson was number seven. And then Matthew was number seven, too. So uh, maybe that's, like, I just didn't know about it, but maybe that's a tradition that um, LSU has, like, the best player gets to wear number seven.
2: Yeah, I think it is. It's definitely – I don't know about, like, historically, but definitely recently it's been a you know a number they only give to players who are, you know, the best player on
1: the team. And since, since we're on that uh, topic about a uh, number of days until SEC football, I know you all saw the uh, move up of Miami and Florida to the, like, what we call week zero now.
2: Yeah, I'm really excited about that. I'm sure JB is too. But that first, that first week zero or whatever you call it – um it's been kind of dead the last few years. And I know JB is one of those people that, like, you know, he thinks it's fine because we're all just happy to see football. And, I mean, I am too. But
1: I would still like to see at least one, like, decent game. Why not? You know? Why not play, like, a primetime game by itself? I mean, there doesn't, yeah. it, there's no reason not to. It's just it'd be great to have one big game that everybody can focus on. And that's actually what's cool about that weekend is that there are no good games. like, And that's why it's, like, the um, first weekend – of uh, kickoff uh, normal week, which is Labor Day. And, like, they had that Monday night primetime game. There's no other games for that big one, usually. And it's, yeah. It's fun to watch.
3: Yeah, but the biggest win for Miami and Florida for this is not just the uh, primetime slot that you were mentioning, but also they're both going to gain a bye week because now they're going to be playing the, that one week earlier than what they're usually playing. And, uh, you know, that's going to be highly beneficial as we get into the meat of the SEC schedule for Florida. So, you watch. That's going to be highly – Beneficial for them.
1: Yeah, we'll see. I don't. I don't know about Miami. Um, right, at least next year. And Florida, Florida should be better, or at least the same. Um, quarterback issues for both teams now. The oh, I was going to say the the guy from Wisconsin transferred, but he transferred to Florida State. I forgot that. Horny Brooke is that his name, right? Horny Brook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to forget his name, but he transferred to Florida State. I was I was I was trying to figure out like why he transferred because like man he played all the time why did he but then I, I forgot that he uh, actually did not play he got benched his uh, last year there, but digress. Um, so let's talk about other SEC first round picks. So um, JB is going to pick uh, Devin White and Holt's going to pick Green Bones, both big LSU guys. I see, I see. But other great um, first round talent. SEC. um Holt since it's your favorite favorite team i want you to give some love to uh josh allen <laughs> yeah you know i actually
2: totally forgot about josh allen it's, i mean that's a problem everybody did. everybody. i did. know <laughs> i can't believe that i literally forgot about him again but man i honestly i'd probably take him over greedy williams to to be entirely honest but yeah i um josh allen is a superstar and you know russians are also like corners are really hard to come by and um You know, the NFL is all about the quarterbacks, and if you can affect the quarterback, then you have a chance to win. So, definitely, you know, I feel like Josh
1: Allen should go in the top two or three picks, if not number one overall. JB, if you were Keenan Williams, how many Oreos would you eat and, like, feel okay about it?
3: (laughs) I mean, if I was him, I probably wouldn't want to eat any Oreos, but –
1: but the, the the point is that you could because like you're gonna burn it off and like you don't care. Anymore. Like I don't I mean, think Oreos are messing up with your actual NFL game plan.
3: I mean no, I mean it's it you are what you eat. It's Like you know a lot of people say. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, JB. No.
3: But but I mean yeah, he's gonna get to burn it off. But still like you know these NFL nutritionists are not gonna like him eating Oreos. But I
4: mean
2: for it, for Oreo like for Oreos like is like before a workout is nothing wrong with that. A lot of like. Like, bodybuilders and stuff like that actually eat candy, like, right before they work out. Not, like, a lot, but, like, a little bit. Like, just to get, like, some, you know, like, a sh- like some sugar in them or something is actually not that bad
1: for you. That's going to be, like, 500 calories, right? right, four Oreos? I mean, I think one of y'all nah. should know. JB, you nah. you have – I know you got, like, two stacks Oreos. of Oreos.
3: I think two Oreos is, like, 130, 140 calories. So, basically, one Oreo is about 70 calories.
1: So, you got close to 300 yeah so 28 but, but it was um it was good, good math there hold you get your calculator out your 83? yeah 280 <laughs> but um they were double stuff so do we double it so it's like really 560 dollars no <laughs> but i've uh, actually
2: heard not to go too far off this i've actually heard i don't know if this is true or not but they don't actually put twice as much uh, stuffing in the middle it's actually they just pump like they pump air
1: into it to make it like look bigger i heard that somewhere and so it's actually the same amount in both of them Dude, I would never be more pissed off than I think JB was with us um, when we were going to a place called uh, Marlo's Tavern here, and I ordered a double cheeseburger, and they gave me two slices of cheese, not two patties.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and, and your burger was small,
1: too. Like. Well, was like, you you said pizza? double cheese, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, god damn, Is this how you're all so rich here? I was so mad. I was like, they looked at me like I was dumb. Like, that was crazy. <laughs> I was like, no, I know I'm not the only one who thought there would be two patties for this. <laughs> and my girlfriend had, like, a bigger burger than me, and I had to eat her burger, too, to make up for it. So, amen. Mad. Hmm. But I digress. So, Keenan Williams, I think most people are projecting him to be the first player from the SEC picks. Um, I was looking up Keenan Williams. So I get, I get kind of curious about these draft picks and where they were um, when they – came into college where they're high school senior where he's ranked. He was actually – I don't know if he was a four-star. I think he was like a fringe four-star. I think it was like – I looked him up the other day. He was like 160th in his class, and he's about to be, you know, top ten draft pick. So, I think that's pretty amazing. You know, Alabama – people say Alabama, you know, they just recruit really well. They get five stars. Um, so, it's obviously that it's, – it's easy that they're going to – or it's obvious that they're going to be really good at football because they get all these five stars. But even some of these like four-star players or fringe four-star players, like I like to call it. Um, they developed some of them, and it's not unique to Alabama. Other schools do that, too. But, I mean, for instance, Tennessee would be no, – no offense jb but Tennessee would be a lot better if they could have developed some of their players. They, they've they recruited well, always recruited well, but just haven't been able to develop. Um, Alabama does both, so that's what I like about Alabama. Josh Jacobs, too. Josh Jacobs, very, very good example there because he was – I don't even know how he got an offer from Alabama, honestly. Maybe a three-star, but, um Yeah. So let's, uh, let's go through some of the other players in the draft. Um, so we, we know ones that we tweeted about. We have uh, the Ole Miss, Nasty Wideout, two of them at least, with uh, DK Metcalf and AJ Brown. Um, the Mississippi State D-line, they have a nickname, Holt? Uh, D- just the two of them, no. The whole defensive line is they go by D-block, but it's, just, it's all of them, not just those two. Is there somebody called D-Nasty? Is that like a nickname for somebody that – Probably I I don't know. Okay, I don't know. We got you got them with Sweat and Simmons. You got some other ones that people don't talk about as much. Um, Jenna Williams from Alabama is uh, first round projection, and then you have the offensive tackle from Florida, Jawan Taylor. And then um, going through the the list here, I'll make sure I'm not forgetting anybody. Uh, We talked about Greedy Williams, and I think that might be it. Um, Let me make sure real quick. I know Jonathan Abram is like a like a French first round pick.
2: Your boy, well.
1: your boy, um, you got to correct correct me. older. is it Elgin Elton Jenkins? Elton Jenkins. No, so it's Silent G, Silent G. Hey, yeah, I think so. I mean, I haven't asked him, but <laughs> yeah, I'm <pretty> yeah. sure. <laughs> he didn't text you about it. Hey, correct. I saw y'all how y'all uh, pronounce my <laughs> name on the podcast. You need to fix that shit. <laughs> but he's no, a, thankfully, he, not. He's a second round draft pick, but uh, a lot of talent in the. Uh, the draft this year from the SEC as usual. I mean, that's stat kind of gets thrown out all the time, about how the SEC has the most draft picks. Um, and a lot of
2: times the SEC West will have
1: more draft picks than like the second best conference. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's get a quick little debates. Um, not too long. Um, I'll let JB handle the first one. and whole you get to the next one. Um, we, we throw out the Twitter debates between uh, the old Miss wide receivers with Metcalf and Brown. Um, most people like Metcalf on Twitter because um, I don't know if it's just because they saw those those pictures of him flexing or what, but they forgot about A. J. Brown, or at least I think they got forgot about A. J. Brown, how good he was during the year at Ole Miss. So JB, tell me why you like Montez Sweat or not Montez Sweat, excuse me. <laughs> you like um, DK Metcalf better than um, AJ Brown or Lola Brown.
3: I've always I actually have always preferred Metcalf even before the uh, combine, you know, numbers came out. Like to me, he's always been the bigger play receiver. I think he has better better potential to be uh, that Antonio Brown, you know, Julio Jones type receiver at the next level. AJ Brown to me is more of a uh, possession receiver. He's going to be a solid third down receiver, but I don't think he's as much of a big play threat as Metcalf is. Metcalf is just you know extremely physical. He's got a lot of speed. He's going to be a mismatch for a lot of uh, defensive backs, and I. I I'm going I would go with Metcalf over Brown. And it has nothing to do with the combine numbers. I just overall I think he was better.
2: Hold what yeah. you get to add. Yeah, I, I actually I would still prefer AJ Brown over Metcalf just because I feel like there's a higher floor there. Um I feel like AJ Brown's gonna be like a decent NFL receiver pretty much no matter what. I think Metcalf kinda has a little bit of bust potential just because uh I just don't think he – he doesn't have like the same agility that Brown does. And he doesn't, you know, stick routes quite as well. Um, he doesn't have the same quickness that AJ Brown does It's more of like a straight line speed. Um, so he's going to be able to get behind defenses and create a lot of big plays. And obviously him being as big as he is definitely helps a lot too. So he's definitely just like you said, he's going to be a huge mismatch. Uh, DK is, and, um, I expect someone's going to take a chance on him in you know, the first half of the first round and, uh, but I just feel more comfortable with A.J. Brown. I just feel like he's more of a sure thing. And, uh, you know, just like you said, big on third down. And it's 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 almost kind of like uh, Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. Like a few years ago. Like A.J. Brown's more like Landry. And I guess DK's
1: more like Beckham. But just I, with the big play potential. I I think whenever I think of uh, DK Metcalf, I think of uh, Des Bryant. That's who my comparison is. But maybe, yeah. maybe I'm off, but that's that's why. I've
2: I think, like, uh, what was his name when like, played for the Steelers, like Martavis Bryant? Yeah. I think he kind of reminds me of him because he's kind of like a guy who can get behind the defense, but he's not the kind of guy who's going to, like, you know, be beating guys on routes and, you know, quick cuts and fooling DBs. I think DBs are going to be able to stay on him pretty well as long as he doesn't get behind
1: him. Um, all right. So, Holt, let's stay with you real quick. The other Twitter debate, and I'm going to add a little twist to it, so we have Montez Sweat, we have Jeffrey Simmons, or you can pick Ed Oliver. Which one are you going? Uh, I'm still going Jeffrey Simmons. Wait, so, hold on. Uh, tell, tell, so before you talk about Jeffrey Simmons, ask, tell me about Ed Oliver because before the season started, everybody was all up on his nuts and everybody liked Ed Oliver more than everybody, every other player in the world. They liked Ed Oliver better. Why has Ed Oliver gone down so much and um, Jeffrey Simmons? you like Jeffrey Simmons more now?
0: Yeah, well,
2: I mean, Ed Oliver just is – I mean, number one, he's a little bit undersized. Um, obviously, he's a big-time player. and I'm not saying that he's not. But, uh, you know, he's a little bit undersized. And, you know, he had, like, some attitude problems kind of at the end of the season last year. And yeah. it was just kind of like this whole weird thing that was going on with him. That jacket. The, yeah, the jacket and that, that whole thing. And, uh, you know, I don't know how much that has hurt him. I don't know how much, you know, his size has hurt him. I don't think there's a lot of NFL – Defensive tackles that are around that size, but you know that being said, I mean Aaron Donald is probably the best defensive tackle in the NFL, and he's not like the biggest dude either. So, you know, it's definitely possible. I just, you know, I I feel I feel like Jeffrey Simmons is the best out of all these guys for me, just because he's he's able to take on double teams and uh, not give up any ground, and he's still able to make plays in the backfield and get after the quarterback and all those things. I just think he. Sets the tone for the whole defense.
1: But what was Montez Sweat's forty time?
2: Didn't he run a four four one, which yeah. I think is the fastest for a defensive lineman
1: at the combine ever? Four four would be doing... a great time for a running back, and he's a freaking defensive lineman yeah. coming at you. At they
2: said they said that his forty and his shuttle time were both
1: were both faster than Odo Beckham Junior.'s. <laughs> That's so great. Cool. See, he's. I mean, you can you can see it in him that like he's just like a lot leaner than Simmons and most defensive linemen. Uh, What is he, 6'5", 6'6"? Yeah, I think he came
2: in at 6'6". And then I forgot exactly what his wingspan was, but it was obviously really long, which you can tell just by looking at him. Yeah. But he's able to uh, keep offensive linemen's hands off him because he's got the reach on everybody and obviously got the – you know, I don't know – I mean – the 40-yard dash is cool to talk about because, you know, of how fast he was. But at the same time, like, when is the defensive lineman ever going to have to run 40 yards on a football field? Like, yeah. hardly ever. So.
1: Yeah. Well, how mad did it make you that Simmons didn't get to work out of the combine?
2: Uh, I mean, not too upset. I mean, the NFL, like, does their whole PR thing, and I understand it. And, obviously, you know, Simmons made a mistake way back then. And then, obviously, he got hurt before the combine even started, so he wasn't going to be able to do it anyway. But uh, you know, I mean, yeah, it was kind of disappointing. You kind of want to see it, and you know, as being a Mississippi State fan, you want to see all your guys kind of show out and get talked about and have that exposure for your school, and you want to see your guys doing well. But
1: uh, I think he's going to bounce back. I think he's going to be just fine. So you think you think Simmons is going to be all pro player? You think Sweat's going to be a pretty good player? Do you think he's going to be all pro player as well?
2: Yeah, I like I like Sweat too. Um, I, I really do. I just don't. You know, I think he's maybe not quite an all-pro player, but maybe just, like, an NFL starter. I yeah. mean, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully he's better than that. But, you know, it just I just think he's a little too lean and maybe not bulked up enough. I think he might struggle against, like, some NFL offensive tackles, like, in the run game. But I definitely think, like, on third down and stuff, he's going
1: to be able to get after the quarterback against anybody. Well, regardless of what you think about your, your boys at State, they all bow down to Josh Allen. Am I right, J.P.? uh no i mean debbie <laughs> no. you're not a bro you're supposed no, tag team sorry. i'm
3: i'm going with hold here no <laughs> but yeah like i am more of the on the sweat train i guess <laughs> i mean i'm definitely sweating bullets here so i'm gonna i'm going with sweat because at the next level sweat. At the NFL level, like it's definitely evolving more into a pass-oriented uh, system for most most of these offenses. And Sweat is going to be an awesome second and third down type uh, guy, pass rusher. Like he's going to be an, an elite pass rusher at the next next level. Like especially with his four forty speed, it's going to be a mismatch for a lot of offensive tackles. So he has run forties,
1: in- huh? He he runs forty yards before he gets to quarterback.
3: Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I mean, he's he's got the quickness and. I mean, I guess, you know, when I look at it, like, I feel like you can find, you know, nose guards a dime a dozen in NFL. Like, as far as guys that can just plug holes, you know, on the defensive line. But finding a game-changing edge rusher, those are the kind of guys that can, you know, make or break an awesome elite defense. I mean, some of the best defenses we've seen in the past, you know, the Ravens uh, Super Bowl defense, the Patriots Super Bowl defense, the Broncos Super Bowl defense, all those defenses had excellent edge rushers. And that's what ended up winning those teams Super Bowls. And that's why I'm going to go with Sweat.
1: Before we switch gears to the basketball scene around the SEC, I'm going to ask you one last question, JB. You're... Cliff Kingsbury for the Cardinals. Or I guess you could be a GM for the Cardinals here. Because, um, Cliff, you, you'd have to be really good looking and have to get fired and get an NFL job. And that's just very highly unlikely for the most part. Um, you get the number one pick, JB. And you can either pick Kyler Murray or pick another player um, instead of Kyler Murray and keep Josh Rosen as your guy. What are you
3: doing? I'm going to keep Josh Rosen. <laughs> Size matters. I I just think more, you know, as far as, like, a pocket passer, I mean, I'd rather have more of that kind of a guy because Josh Rosenstone, so he can be mobile, too. The thing that worries me about Kyler Murray is, is his head really in it? Like, Why would it know, not be at this point? Yeah, you've seen, like, he's, he's failing some. I don't know if you've seen. He's been uh, not doing so well in a lot of his interviews. So it makes me wonder, is his head really in it? Or not, like, is he going to be, you know, be able to learn and absorb the knowledge of these NFL systems that are a little bit more complicated than college offenses? Like, Lincoln-Riley system, let's face it, it's not a very complicated system. It's very quarterback-friendly. I think a lot of quarterbacks could put up those kind of, you know, inc- incredible numbers in that system. But I would go with Rosen. I would rather stick with him because he's only had one year, and he was a high, highly-touted prospect coming out of college, too. At one point, Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, we can we can move on, but um, I think Connor Murray is just a risky pick in general. He, I mean, he obviously had a great college career, but the size does affect me, or at least I think it will have an effect on the NFL, but maybe not. I mean, there are some short shorter quarterbacks that um, are still very effective, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, I, I do think, regardless of what we think, I think the Arizona Cardinals are going to pick him number one, which is pretty funny considering Cliff Kingsbury has backed Josh Rosen a couple of different times now, and he's going to have to basically – go back on his word and I mean it's not him drafting Colin Murray but I don't know You, I guess you have to do you have to back quarterback until um, you don't have him anymore so I guess that's what he's doing but in fairness you know he's really not an NFL coach so he doesn't know what he's doing in general so um just kind of crazy situation there Um ready to move on to basketball if you fellas are oh yeah let's do oh, it yeah. so um, oh t- yeah <laughs> SEC tournament is coming up, and uh, there's a potential Mississippi State Tennessee matchup in the quarterfinals. Am I right? Yeah, that'll be Friday night. Ooh, it's getting getting kind of intense. Um, now, last time they played, it wasn't it was close for maybe a half, right? And then Tennessee yeah. pulled away. But this one's in Nashville, so um, you would think there'd be more Tennessee fans. But I don't know. I don't know if Mississippi State fans would travel for. S.C. tournament is there a baseball game that day, Holt? Um, yeah, they're at Florida though. Okay, it's a t- tough call. Um, before we get get even get into this game, uh, let's just talk about SEC tournament in general. Who who are the favorites to win? JB, I know who everybody's gonna say the favorites is, but who do you think is the best chance to win?
3: I'm going I would have to go with Kentucky. I mean, they've won it year in and year out. They've won it the last four times. I mean, until someone else wins it, I mean, they have to be considered the favorite.
1: JB, let's stay with you here. Um, Tennessee obviously started off the year very strong. It was number one for like, what, two months? It felt like it wasn't that long, but it was like a month and a half-ish or something like that.
4: Four four weeks. So a month. Okay,
1: good. <laughs> very close. Um, but then the last month of the season here, February, mid-February into March, uh, weren't playing so well. But it's more of a effect of, them playing really good teams, I mean, at LSU, at Kentucky, and at Auburn. Very hostile environment at Auburn, by the way, Saturday. Saturday. Um, I think it's probably the hardest place to play in the SEC. I mean, you could say, I guess, Rupp Arena is kind of tough, too. But
3: Yeah, like, when I, when I watch Auburn play, like, they're a completely different team at home than they are on the road. Like, Auburn is one of those teams that can beat anybody at home, but when they play on the road, they can lose anybody, too. Like, they are a much, much better team at home than they are on the road.
1: So – My point is Tennessee playing good at the beginning of the year and kind of finishing not as strong due to better teams they played. But do you think that actually helps them going into the tournament that they've been knocked down a couple times? So they're not necessarily the underdog, but they're not on top and they don't have the target on their back like they would have if they went in the SEC basically undefeated.
3: Yeah, I mean, it definitely helps them for sure. I mean, I think going into that final seven-game stretch, I thought – Four and three, five and two in that stretch was reasonable. And they ended up finishing four and three. I mean, you got you got to take a few losses, and you got to be able to get knocked down and see how you respond. And I mean, Tennessee didn't play horrible in that game against Auburn. Auburn just, you know, they caught fire. They shot a bunch of threes and made enough of them in order to end up winning the game. And they were at home. It was an emotional game for them. It was senior day. It was their first game at, at home since the uh, tragic tornado that hit a few miles south of campus. So, it was a very emotionally charged Auburn team, and I don't think Tennessee has anything to be ashamed of. Uh, going into this tournament, uh, I think like pretty much Tennessee and Kentucky are co-favorites. I think odds are that Tennessee has a 29.8% chance to win it. God dang,
1: JB. How do you remember that? I saw, and
3: then also Kentucky has like a 29.6% chance, so they're pretty much just co-favorites. And then after that, it's a little bit of a drop-off to like 15% for LSU, and uh, 14% for Auburn So, you know, it's, it's not really A clear-cut favorite this year in the tournament I think it's kind of wide open after, um, Even though Tennessee and Kentucky are definitely More like co-favorites I think it's more wide open this year Than it has been, because I think LSU And Auburn Even a team, maybe a wild card like Mississippi State or Florida Could make some noise as well
1: Hold. If it's not going to be Mississippi State, who's going to be the the wild horse, the dark horse, not wild card, uh, not wild horse, uh, dark horse <laughs> team? To um, yeah, thanks, JB. The, really wild, the, the 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 dark card wild horse team. Dark horse, dark card wild. Horse.
4: <laughs> JB, can I get an oh yeah? Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> Tell me, Holt. Who's going to be the dark horse wild card team coming out of the SEC tournament if it's not Mississippi State?
2: Well, if you're looking at the bracket. Um, I, I definitely think that it, like your Tennessee, like, kind of on, like, the bottom side in the championship game, but the top side, I think, is kind of wide open, because obviously you got LSU as the one seed, and all this stuff that's going on with them right now, you don't know, you know, what's going to happen, and plus, they've they've lost a couple games they shouldn't have uh, this season, so they definitely have the potential to lose to a lesser team, and then you got South Carolina as the four seed, who, you know, obviously played well in conference play, but you know, in non-conference play, they didn't play very well at all. So they, they're definitely a beatable team and then they're probably going to have to face Auburn. you know, Auburn, Auburn, who's red hot in the, in the, you know, that second round right there. So, I mean, I think if there's going to be a surprise team that's going to come out of the top end and I would say that Auburn is, you know, they're obviously they're really hot right now. And when they start knocking down shots, they can beat pretty much anyone because of the way that they play. And, uh, you know, I you know, Florida. Like I said last time, I mean, I think they're kind of under the radar a little bit. They beat LSU on the road a few weeks ago, and you know, they're kind of the, the team no one's really talking about. And they play pretty well defense, and you know, they can get hot from three as well. So, if I had to pick one team, I would say either Florida or Auburn. Um, I feel like Auburn's kind of the easy pick. I don't even feel like they're it's that big of a shocker because they're kind of like the third or fourth yeah. uh, team in the
1: you know. Projections or whatever, so I'm gonna go with Florida. That's what I'm gonna say. Florida did beat LSU earlier this year. Um, I think it was at LSU too. And, they did. Yeah. And
2: whoever they, whoever LSU plays on Friday is gonna be a team that beat them at
1: home because Arkansas and Florida uh, both won at LSU. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Um, but. I would say out of all these teams, I mean, besides the obvious LSU, Kentucky, and Tennessee, I would not want to play South Carolina. They're they're just tough to play in general. They're just a tough matchup the way they play. They play so physical and uh tough with their defense. Um And they've just, got a lot to play for too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Let's get into that, JP. Who are the <laughs> who are just the locks, not the bubble teams, just the locks for the to right now.
3: Uh the locks would be LSU, uh Tennessee, Kentucky, Mississippi State, and Auburn.
1: So out of those, those are locks. Now we have some teams that are on the bubble, and from what I've what I've ca- uh, gathered here, the bubble teams we got are Ole Miss, Alabama. Some people would say South Carolina, um, Florida, and I don't really think you can say Arkansas. I think it's just Florida, Ole Miss, Alabama, and maybe South Carolina. The good thing about this is this is basically an NCAA tournament elimination game on Thursday between Ole Miss and Alabama. Is that is that right? Am I interpreting that right, JB?
3: Not necessarily. I think Ole Miss right now they would be in. Uh, if Ole Miss loses, I mean, they're definitely going to have to sweat it out, you know, until Selection Sunday. But I think Ole Miss could still lose to Alabama and, and more than likely would still make it into the tournament. Alabama, if they lose, you can go ahead and lock, put them out. Like, they're not going to make the tournament whatsoever. There's a lot more pressure on Alabama to win um, in that quarterfinal matchup but rather than Ole Miss.
1: You know what's funny is I think I was checking uh, Leonardi's bracket, and I think he had Alabama as like one of the last four in, but Ole Miss out, and you would think it would be the Ole so Miss. Was it in? He's
3: got, Ole, he's got Ole Miss in currently as a 10 seed, and I think Jerry Palm CVS as him is in a 10 seed, and when you look at their uh, net ranking, they're, it's really high, and that's what I, what I really like more this year is the net ranking. It takes in effect uh, how well the teams play. It doesn't even just say who they play and who they lost to? Like they actually put in a lot of different the metrics, like defensive efficiency and offensive efficiency, and home and away, and and how you're playing, like in certain parts of the games. And that's why Ole Miss is like their resume is a lot better now than it has been in previous years because of that net ranking system.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, if if Ole Miss does lose to Alabama, though, I mean it's it's going to be a little tight. I don't think it's going to be just a shoe in.
3: No, no, they're definitely not a shoe in. But if if I, I, if I was betting person, if Ole Miss loses Alabama, I'd still think they'll get in, but they'll probably be they'll probably drop down the seed line, maybe to 11 seed or maybe one of the last four in and playing in the first four. But I still think Ole Miss will probably make it in if they lose, but it's definitely not going to be comfortable.
1: Alabama on the other end absolutely needs to beat Ole Miss to get in. Correct?
3: Yeah, they definitely need to win, and they might have to beat Kentucky as well in the uh, semif- in the quarterfinals in order to. To definitely be in, but if they beat Ole Miss, they're definitely going to move up a little bit, you know, as far as, you know, getting that quad one win that they desperately need, another quad one win, but I think Alabama at this point really needs to get two to be comfortable, but if they get one, they're definitely going to be in the conversation on Sunday.
1: Hulk, can you tell me why Alabama's is only good in football and not anything else? Because <laughs> that's the only sport their fans care about. Well, hold on. Uh, young Hole way back in the day, was a Alabama roll tide fan for everything, including basketball, and that was actually when they were good at basketball. And except for they did, <laughs> they did lose that. Um, they got upset by I think Wisconsin, Milwaukee, which was Bruce Pearl's team, um, way back in the day. Uh, but that was with a uh, Gottfried, who's now in trouble for um, paying Dennis Smith Jr. at NC State. But um, they should they should be better. I mean, they they have a commitment to other sports. Like their basketball team has been good before, but why can't Avery Johnson get it done at Alabama? Is it just because he's not I just coach? Think,
2: well, I mean, I just think that, you know, when you're on campus at Alabama, like, the only thing people are talking about is football. And even, like, during basketball season, you listen to, like, local radio shows and all that stuff. They're not talking about basketball. They're talking about football. Like, even, like, they're they're previewing, you know, spring practice more than they're talking about, like, the yeah. SEC tournament. You know what I mean? Like I mean, it's, it's, I'm trying to be funny, but, like, it's true at the same time. Like, I mean, I just don't think that, like, you know, I, I just feel like that kind of stuff is contagious, and it leaks. You know, it gets in the players' head, it gets in the coaches' head, and like they just kind of, you know, all think that no one really cares like what they're doing.
3: Yeah, it's not the best culture for you know when you're trying to you know change the culture for basketball. Like it's not the best setting when football is all they talk about on campus.
1: There's a recruit for a class of 2019 class. The Memphis recruiting for basketball, Trendon Watford. He's from. Basically, I think he's from Birmingham. Went to Mountain Brook, Mountain Brook High School, which you know where that is. Whole, I think you had friends. Yeah, that's yeah. where my my roommate in yeah. college went. Yeah. So um, he won three state championships with them, and he's like a top thirty recruit uh, for this class. Really good player. Um, I think he's like the all time high school rebounding leader or something like that. And he's gone to a couple games now at Alabama, like as a as a recruiting visit, I guess. Um, the first one is when they beat Kentucky earlier in the year, which is a big win. And it's kind of baffling to think about Kentucky losing Alabama now. But the other one was when uh, Alabama played Auburn um, a couple weeks ago now, I think, and lost at home to Auburn. And the um, point I was going to make is that they had the recruit meet Nick Saban. I'm pretty sure, like, that's who they thought was going to recruit him, not, not Avery Johnson <laughs> Avery in basketball. Johnson. <laughs> Avery Johnson's like, I, I don't know if I can recruit him, but Nick Saban might be able to. <laughs> So, there's, like, a picture of him shaking his hand, not Henry Johnson. So, it was just kind of funny how it uh, worked out. And, like, I wonder if people thought, like, hey, can we um, – I know he's the top 30 basketball player, but maybe he could be, like, a really good tight end or something. Yeah. Let's, let's yeah, see, see if you got some hands. Let's run some rounds.
3: That's, like, the equivalent of uh, Mark Stoops having one of his players, you know, pose and take, shake hands to John Calipari at a Kentucky football game.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, I, I would do the same thing, though, honestly. It's because it's, you got to use what you, what you have there. Um, let's talk about this real quick. <laughs> Number 14 seed Vanderbilt, which I, it's not, I don't know what I was thinking about. I thought at one point that they didn't let like the last two teams in the conference in the tournament, but they've they've always had every single team in the tournament. But um, maybe that was the old biggies where they didn't let the last two teams in the tournament. But Vanderbilt is 0 18 in SEC, 9 22 overall. Um, literally, I think the worst SEC basketball season in history. Um, they're playing Texas A&M on Wednesday. Can we all come together and root for Vanderbilt? Get like a little moral victory over yeah. Texas A&M. <laughs> they badly need it. They do. Teams. I feel bad for them at this point. They, they I mean, honestly, they were going to be a good team—not a good team, but like a maybe at least 500 team before Darius Garland went down.
3: Yeah, like I thought they were going to be at least a 500 team in SEC play, and in the preseason they were one of my SEC, uh, one of my teams from the SEC that was going to go to the big dance, and losing Garland like. And you know, as soon as the SEC plays too, like those two factors, like the team just completely fell apart.
1: They don't, they don't have to beat Mississippi State in the next round, but they just, they, they need to beat A and I don't want to see them going like a 19 game losing losing streak to end this end their season. And what's what's even worse is some of the games they lose, it's like they they're really close to winning. Like they, um, I forgot the last game, but it was the Tennessee game was close. The first game, especially when they played at Vanderbilt, and there's a couple other games where. Very close to winning, and they just didn't. And it just kind of sucks to be a Vanderbilt, but fan. But they, hey, they do have baseball coming up. Baseball, baseball is always there for them. Um, but yeah, So bad for them. Um, I don't know anything about anything else about the SEC basketball tournament that really stands out. Um, you have Missouri and Georgia in the other first round game, which is like a just a loser game, I guess, basically.
3: I mean, I mean, you can put it that way. I like Missouri to beat Georgia in that, in that first round matchup. I, I I think that just the way they play, uh, slowing it down, it's going to be more beneficial for them, especially in tournament play. And Missouri, you know, like they're a little bit more experienced, a little bit more experienced than Georgia. I'm, I'll give Missouri the edge there. Tom Crean is definitely going to be building something special in Athens, but this is just, you know, a throwaway year for him. And and But I, I do like Tom Crean as well, uh, but I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Constant Martin, in Missouri. But the game, though, the game that I'm really actually looking forward to is the uh, Florida Arkansas game because Florida right now is in the danger zone too. Like even though, like I think they're in right now, Florida really can't lose this game because I think if Florida loses to Arkansas, they're out of the tournament. I don't think they're actually going to make it in. I think there's going to be a lot of more bubbles bursting this next weekend that Florida will actually fall out of the uh, one of the last four in or first four buys last four buys and actually miss the tournament altogether. So I think. This is really almost a must win for Florida as well. I think Florida needs to beat Arkansas because they've lost three games in a row to end the SEC slate this season. So they need to win against Arkansas. And they're actually one of my teams, I think, they can go on on a run in this tournament too. I got Florida beating Arkansas, and I got them upsetting LSU in a second rematch in the quarterfinals. And that would be huge for Florida. And if that happens for Florida, you can go ahead and lock them in.
1: Let's talk about the big topic of the week, which was Will Wade at LSU getting suspended for the last game of the year, including their player, Javante Smart. Is that right, JB? That would be a smart thing to say? Javante Smart. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So suspended both of them for the game. I don't know when LSU plans on bringing back both of them, but I'm assuming they will before the NCAA tournament. But um, kind of a tricky situation for the athletic director. Um, Joe Oliva, which at this point, I think everybody wants Oliva gone, right? Um, They didn't like – what's his name? They didn't like him hiring Coach O and just how how he's handled different things. So, um, what would you do if you're Joe Oliva or – Joe Oliva or what would you do with Will Wade if you're Joe Oliva or LSU?
2: Right now, um, honestly, i say kind of – screw the future. Uh, to be honest, I'm trying to, I got a good team this year. I'm trying to win right now and I'm going to like, I would just let it ride, just bring them both back and see if they can make any noise. And, you know, maybe it gets taken away in the future, but if it does, so what everybody's still going to remember what happened. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you have a good team this year. You have a chance to do something really big and you need to go do it. Uh, I wouldn't worry about,
1: uh, anything in the future. I would just, I would just go. Yeah. Very, very similar situation. Um, what happened with Memphis, I mean, nothing came up before the tournament, but just after they – it was like 2008 whenever uh, they went to the championship game and lost to Kansas with Derrick Rose. Um, They ended up getting the season vacated because Derrick Rose basically didn't take his SAT. But, I mean, they vacated the wins, but, like, nobody remembers that they vacated the wins. It's just – it still happened in everybody's mind. And, you know, you go to Memphis and they have, like, Derrick Rose – in the practice facility, like his, his post pictures on the wall and they hang out. I'm pretty sure they hand out, you know, Derek Rose pamphlets to every single recruit, even the football players. They tell him you can be Derek Rose. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how it works. But, um, JB, I mean, I, the word on the street was the reason why Will Wade got suspended was because he decided not to meet with Joe Oliva.
3: That's correct. Yeah. He uh, was asked to come into the office to uh, speak with Joe Oliva and other LSU representatives. And, uh, declines and because of that uh, Joe Levi decided to suspend him. And that puts Will Wade in a very high predicament now because now LSU can fire Will Wade for cause and Will Wade would not get any of the buyout if he is to be fired. Well people Wade,
1: people say that, but like that that only it sounds like a good deal if your coach sucks, but Will Wade's actually been doing really good, so it's
3: yeah, like he's not he's an outstanding coach. I mean I mean, I, we don't know for sure what's on those tapes and if there is anything on the tapes. But uh, it's definitely been speculated that he is on those – that he – what what has been reported that he is the one that was talking. But no one can ever really say what is he exactly talking about when he says I made a big fucking offer. You know, we got
1: a – Strong-ass that's offer, the, that,
3: That's what he said. But, you know, we, but you can always say what is this offer? I mean, we, it could be an offer like – For Oreos. To, it could be an offer for Oreos, you
4: know. It could be an offer,
2: <laughs> be Dude, an offer if you for you Dude, if you haven't made huge uh, transactions over Oreo via telephone, like, I just don't know what you're doing <laughs> with that. You. You're, you're,
1: not, you're not recruiting if you're not doing that. Yeah, so, I
3: mean, I, I could see where LSU fans are frustrated with this because you could you could say anything about what the offer could be. and I mean, you could speculate all day about what that offer is, but obviously most people are going to assume the offer that he's talking about is an offer of money for Javante Sparks. And that's what the FBI is looking into. So I see both ways. I see where the LSU fans are coming from. And I see where, you know, the FBI and naysayers are coming from as well. But overall, like I agree with Holt, I think LSU needs to just play this out. You know, you've got an awesome team. You've got a team that easily can make a run into this, into this NCAA tournament. I think they're definitely a second weekend team. I don't know if I would say LSU is a Final Four national championship type team but they are most definitely a second-weekend team. I think they can easily make a run into the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight. I mean, they're that good.
4: Yeah.
2: And but, I would just like to go on record. I'm pretty sure we have uh, our LSU preview from last year uh, still up, but I've been on the Fire Joe Leva train for a long time now, and I'm I'm glad that uh, some of the LSU fans are finally starting to come around.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just kind of question why some of the, the coaches or athletic directors get hired in certain situations. Like, we can talk about Cl- Cliff Kingsbury at Arizona Cardinals. We can talk about – Joe Leva, um with LSU, Coach O at LSU, although he's kinda of turned out a little bit better than expected. Um even even the um what's the what's the Wake Forest A D now, J B that was the Tennessee A D. John Curry. Yeah. He got hired at Wake Forest and I don't know, it's just not great stuff, but it happens. It happens all the time. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens with LSU. And one thing to really watch out for in the SEC tournament is to see how their chemistry is affected. They, I mean, they played Vanderbilt Saturday, so that was an easy win, um, there. So you can't really tell too much from that, but you'll definitely be able to tell, um, SEC play SEC tournament play to see how they're going to react to this. And we'll, we'll wait, still be there. Who knows? Um, JB, I think you think he's coached last game or he's not going to survive this, but we'll, we'll see. Um, I always think it's funny how coaches – it's, like, it's so typical. Coaches deny everything, and nobody's going to come out, yeah, like, we, yeah, all right, we, we paid them. We paid them. We had to have them. We needed them, so we paid them. Nobody's <laughs> going to say that. Um, but it's also just kind of laughable how messed up this NCAA is in general because not because, um, you know, student athletes should get paid, but more so who NCAA decides to put the hammer down on. Because yeah, L- I- LSU's getting caught, but Kansas – like Bill Self has been on tape and been had even worse evidence against him, and he's still coaching. Yeah. Roy, Roy Williams at North Carolina. Williams. Yeah. They didn't. Like they're not. they are
3: not they are not hammering the Blue Bloods. They're just hammering the schools that they don't. That they're, they're not supposed to be good in basketball, and that's where I see the LSU fans' frustration. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It happens. It happens to the best of us, though. So. All right, let's get into not rapid fire, but SC tournament predictions because guess y'all are really excited to let everybody know how wrong we're about to be about this SEC tournament. <laughs> That's why we call it March Madness. Any prediction
3: you make for these tournaments, you know, they're pretty much not going to be right anyway, but we still make them for the
4: hell of it.
1: Yeah. Uh, quick question. What's the, uh, the tournament setup going to be for Slow Smoked? Is it going to be conference tournament in Memphis and NCAA tournament in Memphis? Yep. Both days off, Thursday and Friday off from work? Yep, that's I, I,
3: I always take off for March Madness. I always got to take off for that, and I took off that Thursday and Friday for the first rounds because to me that's the most exciting part yeah. of the tournament's first round.
1: I took off last year, even when Memphis wasn't playing, because I still enjoyed. I took off. I took a half day Thursday and Friday. And my manager's like, "What? Why would you do that?" I was like, "Well, it's the tournament, man." It's like you care about basketball that much. He's like a Georgia football fan, so I guess I can kind of understand. Like, oh, basketball, what's that? <laughs>
3: Yeah, but, <laughs> but I mean, to me, it's like even, even though that you can like you know be a, be a bigger football fan, like I do like college football more than college basketball. But to me, there's not a better postseason than the Subway Tournament March man. It's like that's the most exciting postseason in sports. In my
1: <laughs> I remember like the first year out, out of college when I had my first job in Memphis. <laughs> I during it was during the during Subway Tournament. Like I think I actually went went to go get some barbecue and then like I, at and work um like the office you usually have two computer screens you have your laptop and another computer screen and maybe another computer screen so sometimes you have three screens your laptop and two monitors i remember like on my laptop monitor one of the one of the computer screen monitors i had like the insta like the cbs app going and where i could watch the games live at work and like i didn't think anything of was like it's march madness like i'm still doing my work on the other screens it's not a big deal but then we had a heart-to-heart the week after about like you can't watch basketball at work which kind of sucks it's, it's a shame i thought this was america but it is what it is. They actually the CBS. If you, if you go to Sports dot com or something like that, there's like a button. You, it's called the boss button. You can press the boss button. Can, so would... Yeah, go ahead, JB.
3: <laughs> yeah, I remember the boss button. I don't know if they still have it or not. Do they?
1: I think they still do. You can press it, and then like it basically goes to like a, a word document or email or something like that.
3: It does. It goes to like an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. And on yeah. the Excel spreadsheet, it's like different sales that happened last year, like yeah. in 2018, like.
1: It shows like hot dog sales and
3: uh, like burger sales <laughs> and, like, during March Madness and stuff like that, and, and ticket sales. You know, like revenue and all that kind of jazz. Yeah, that's
1: funny. Yeah, well, well, I'll talk about you talk about offline about the ups and downs of the current job. <laughs> Got some funny stories from that. Um, all right, let's talk about SSC tournament predictions. Not only are you going to predict the winner, but you need to predict predict the championship game matchup. JB, go ahead, lead us off.
3: Okay, well, actually, I'm going to go. Off. I'm gonna start with the semifinals. So no, 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 Jamie, no
1: Jamie, that's too much.
3: Alex, don't interrupt. Do <laughs> Let's do semifinals. Let's do semifinals. We'll be okay with that. I mean, semifinals. Yeah, so my, that's final, fine. my final four is going to be Florida and Auburn at the top of the bracket, and then Kentucky and Tennessee at the, top, at the bottom of the bracket. I've got uh, Auburn making it to the championship game, uh, beating uh, Auburn beating uh, Florida, excuse me. And then I've got Kentucky beating Tennessee in the semifinal. so we're gonna have a Kentucky Auburn final with Kentucky prevailing and winning the SEC tournament for the fifth consecutive season.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of similar in the in the semifinal. I, I got Florida beating South Carolina, and then I got Tennessee beating Kentucky, and then I got Tennessee beating Florida in Ooh. the uh, in the championship game. Maybe we can get a. Uh, Tim Tebow and Eric Berry to run into each
1: other at mid-court before the game starts or something. <laughs> it be a fun, fun matchup. Um, I'm going to have a combination of what y'all said. So I think it'll be LSU, Auburn in the semifinal. I think LSU can still get by. And then I think it's going to be Kentucky and Tennessee in the bottom bracket. I think it's going to be Kentucky and Auburn. I think Kentucky's going to win. Yeah, you know, the thing that I which I guess we've repeated throughout the show, the bottom bracket is just so loaded, and like yeah. it sucks that Tennessee's not in the top bracket, or even Mississippi State's not in the top bracket. <clears throat> Cause,
2: yeah, because that, that's what I was looking at. Because I'm in mean, like the bottom half of the bracket. Like, there's no way it's not going to be either Tennessee or Kentucky. I mean, to me, it's going to come down to one of those two teams. I'm not saying that they're definitely going to play each other in the second round, but I just have a hard time believing this one team's going to beat both of them out of the bottom. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah.
2: If you,
3: I, mean, I, I definitely I would. I would definitely say it's probably like a 90% chance that either Tennessee or Kentucky is going to represent the bottom part of the bracket in the SEC Tournament Championship.
1: Yeah, I wish it was – I wish Mississippi State was in the top bracket. I wish they were in that Florida-Arkansas game. They could play LSU in the second round. And then I think – I wish Tennessee was up. actually up in the Aub- Auburn. The Auburn really screwed
2: Mississippi State because when they upset Tennessee, that kind of screwed up like the whole –
1: break it and they kind of got screwed by all this if you were if you were replaced like switched to auburn and mississippi state then mississippi state could you know legitimately make a, uh runs at semifinals right yeah yeah, they could. good
3: but for mississippi state like they're safe i mean they're obviously in the tournament they can really, i don't know if they yeah. can really like move up their seating all that much i think Obviously, they're going to have a great opportunity if they can play Tennessee in the quarterfinals. And if they were to beat Tennessee, I could easily see them possibly removing up the seed line to maybe like a five seed instead of being a six. But even if State loses, Mississippi State loses to Tennessee in the quarterfinals, assuming they beat A&M or Vanderbilt, State is definitely going to be a six seed, and that's a really good spot to be.
2: Yeah. I feel like you'd almost rather be a six seed than a five seed. You yeah. would
3: because that means you're playing a uh, two seed in the space 16 if you make it that far and those 5-4 seed matchups in the second round are always, you know, really difficult.
1: It's fun. We'll have to get into the uh tournament details uh next week. So for we're, we're going to say I guess all of us are saying Kentucky's going to be in the championship. Well, I guess you're saying Tennessee. No, but Yeah, I'd I bet Tennessee to win it. Consensus would be Kentucky though. For, if you give me a J.B. rule you and then um I don't think saying that's off. what consensus means no there's no
3: consensus we got two picking kentucky one picking tennessee there's no consensus. now who,
1: now now who doesn't know stuff alex yeah well i'm just trying to make y'all feel better for not being the only dumb i appreciate that yeah that's, that means a lot um it might be time for rapid fire i was gonna say we could get into so a tournament talk but that's not even that's a little premature yeah <laughs>
3: i mean think one thing we probably didn't touch on that i would i think that maybe some fans would want to hear um we had some fans that tweeted at us earlier today about our bubble watch, uh, mainly Arkansas fans, thinking that maybe they should be one of the teams that's on the bubble. Hell no. I don't know if they really are. I think Arkansas is in position. They have to pretty much win the SEC tournament in order to make it in. I, even if they were to make a run, hypothetically, to the final, including wins over Florida, LSU, and Auburn, I don't know if that would, if that would be enough to get them in. It might be. It might be. But – to be safe, they need to win the tournament. And the same goes for South Carolina, too. But South Carolina has a much easier path because they get that, you know. Double bye. Double bye. So, that means pretty much all they're going to have to do is win two games to make it to the, to the tournament final championship. So, I think South Carolina's got a better path to win it all to, in the SEC tournament in order to get that, you know, that berth into the NCAA tournament.
1: If Arkansas didn't lose those six games in February in a row, then they would have been in a lot better shape. Yeah.
3: Like, they were 14-8 and eight at one point. And, yeah. at that, yeah. and at that time, I – I had him definitely on the bubble, but that losing streak, I think, is what killed Arkansas' season. So, at this point, they're pretty much going to have to win the SEC tournament. If they're lucky, make, make a run all the way to the final, and maybe the committee will give them some mercy and give them a uh, at-large if they don't win the tournament.
1: So, JB says, it's a no for me, dog, Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. It's a no for me.
3: For the most part, yeah. It's a, no.
1: it's a no for me, dog. Say it, JB. It's a no for me, dog.
3: That's enough for me, dog.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you got it. You got it. All right, let's get into rapid fire questions, which Holt might be even more excited because he's the one. He's a rapid fire E. Is that what we're going to say? He's the uh, one. I just say I'm, I'm sitting on the hot seat. Sit on the, how the hot seat. So we got some questions for you. Um, I'm assuming Debbie wants me to ask, but he. Let me know before the show starts the questions we're going to ask them. So I'm assuming, Debbie, you want me to ask unless you would like to ask.
3: Well, those were my questions that I was sending to you. But, I mean, you can also come up with a few yourself. These are just my end of the questions. I figure we're asking like eight. So you didn't even come up with any questions, Alex?
1: Well, <laughs> Debbie, I can give you credit if that's what you're asking. Um,
3: <laughs> I know you gave me credit, but, like, I mean, aren't you participating too? I mean, you can ask a few.
1: I mean, I probably will. I just don't know. I was, them I was
3: sending them to, them to you on the side, so then you and I can coordinate what kind of questions we wanted to ask them. But you never responded.
1: Well, <laughs> JB, this is like during the podcast.
3: No, this is before <laughs> the podcast.
1: It was like <laughs> it was like thirty seconds before the podcast started, JP. It's not like it was that much time, but. David, how about this? You, you ask the questions, and I'll, I'll chime in when I have questions. I got questions, too. I'll, I'll okay. Out
3: some questions. Okay, Holt. So I will take the lead here, and uh, we'll get started with Rapid Fire. This is what everybody always waits for. They uh, start the podcast, and then they might want to just scroll all the way to the Rapid Fire. because That's the best part. Well, let's uh, let's go
2: ahead and tell everybody real quick. If you want to ask Rapid Fire questions, you can tweet at us uh, at smoked, or you can email us, gmail.com. If you want to ask some rapid-fire questions, you can say who they're for, or if you don't care, just type the questions. But send us some, because we run out of stuff to ask.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely do that for us. We would appreciate it. Any kind of material you can give us. Okay, hold. So, you ready?
2: I'm, I was born ready. All
3: right, you were born ready. All right, so we'll start off with this one. Uh, your favorite beer? Yingling. And your favorite Disney princess?
2: <laughs> um... Just the mermaid count, Ariel. Yeah,
3: Ariel, Ariel, that works. Yeah, she's a Disney princess.
2: She's a right. babe. <laughs> <laughs> and, that that, fi- is- that the fish half is what does it for me.
3: <laughs> okay, hold. What is your favorite? <laughs> what is your favorite all-time athlete?
2: Uh, I mean, it's hard to say Dak Prescott just because it's so early in his career. So I'm gonna have to go with. Uh... Oh man. Uh, I'll go with Chipper Jones.
3: That's a good pick. I, I can't I can't really disagree with you on that. I was kind of thinking maybe that's who you would pick, so can't go wrong with that one. Here's a tough one for you: Who has the better cheese fries? Is it Buffalo Jacks in Destin or Huey's in
2: Memphis?
1: Um, don't man. do it. I know. I know what you want. I, don't do it. Don't do it. I mean, <laughs> don't do they're it.
2: They're both re- they're both really good, but the difference is. Uh, Huey's in Memphis is just like bacon and cheese, and at Buffalo Jacks is they get like the chili and the cheese, or you can get like the loaded baked potato fries. So and I would have fries. to go, yeah, yeah, I would have to go with Buffalo Jacks just for that reason, and they they do have like the smaller, crispier fries. Um, but that being said, I'm not trying to take anything away from Huey's because I do love those Huey cheese fries.
3: Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, I, I, the Buffalo Jacks fries I think are better, but I think the way that Huey's prepares it might be a little bit better too. So it. He's kind of like a little bit of Best of Both Worlds, I guess. You know, whichever you right. prefer. All right, so here's my next one. Uh, who is your favorite country singer currently?
2: Uh, Eric Church.
3: Favorite country
2: song? Like, ever? No, like, right now, that's, you know, maybe on uh, the Oh, uh... I don't even listen to the radio anymore, so that's a tough <laughs> question. Radio?
3: Right, we'll, we'll say a song that's within the past year. How about that?
2: Uh... God damn! Did old. that ra- did that round here buzz song come out in the last year? I'm not even sure.
3: about r- r- I'll I'll give it to you. It's probably okay. like round round here
2: buzz by Eric Church. We'll go with that.
3: Yeah, that's a great one. I mean, anything by Eric Church is probably. I feel like my favorite.
2: I feel like once you get to our age, you just like stop listening to new music. It's just like all just like recycled old stuff.
3: Yeah, like the only time we ever hear new music, I guess, is maybe when we put it on Pandora. But like a lot of us, you know, are, you know, millennials, we don't listen to the radio anymore. I mean, I I listen to the radio in my car because I don't have, like, all those new features that, you know, the car has. So, I'm kind of forced to listen to the radio. So, I do hear a lot of the new material.
1: Yeah. Favorite SEC basketball player? Ever or right now? Ever.
2: Oh, man. I wish Russell Westbrook played in SEC cause it would definitely be him. Uh. D- well, it's definitely, definitely not Jakeem Noah. I hated him. <laughs>
4: Joaquin?
2: Yeah. Uh, shit, man. That's a tough question. Uh, I'm trying to not say someone Missouri State related. Would it, um, be, would it be Lawrence Roberts from Missouri State, though? No, it'd actually probably be Q. Really? Yeah, I think so. Um, but, God, I'm try- I am I really want to say someone not Missouri State related, but I'm having a hard time thinking of anyone that's played recently. I mean, Ben Simmons, I mean. I yeah. wouldn't say he was my favorite, but I definitely really enjoyed watching him play because he was just a freak.
1: So I guess I'll go with him. Yeah. Um, favorite SEC basketball team? <laughs> Excuse me. Favorite favorite uh, Mississippi State <laughs> basketball team? <laughs> over the over your young life here. Like,
2: uh, I mean, but, I assume you just mean men's. So I would yeah. have to go with uh, what the 2014 that won the SEC that had that overtime comeback against Alabama. So the team that probably. lost a Duke in the tournament?
1: Probably. Anyways, I think it anyways. was
2: so long ago. I was like yeah. 12 when
1: that happened. Yeah. Uh, favorite song to dance to?
2: To dance to? Um, God, I'm trying to think of a song that just always makes me want to dance. Uh, probably uh, I can't think of the name of it. Oh, the Cha-Cha Slide. Yeah, definitely that <laughs> one. That one always makes me dance. <laughs> You a
1: YMCA guy? No. <laughs> Good call. You don't. You don't. I mean, you can. It's not for everybody, but like, it doesn't mean that you don't like girls because you like YMCA.
2: No, I I like girls, and I don't like the YMCA song, and I'm completely comfortable with both of those statements.
1: Next time you come to Atlanta, the wobble. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Debbie heard me. <laughs>
3: That was definitely a JP answer,
2: right? I uh, <laughs> I love it when you roast yourself like that. That's funny. It's, but I, said... uh, I, I hate it. I hate it when the wobble comes on though, because i like I don't know how to do it like at all, and I just look like an idiot. <laughs> we just look like white guys. No. I look
1: like a white guy who like can't dance for a white guy. <laughs> a white guy <laughs> pretending to be a good dancer. A white guy pretending to be pretending to dance like a white guy. Right. Um, what, I, what did
2: you say? I'm sorry. I said, what's the next time you're coming to Atlanta? <laughs> oh, I thought you said the next time you come to Atlanta and no. then you were saying like, we got to do this is what I thought you were about to say, no, but no. I don't know. I don't know. That's up to JB. Probably I'll probably go the next time he goes, but I would like to go to a Braves game sometime this year. So we'll have to work something out. Link up. And we're saying uh, at your new
1: house and we're going to waffle house whether JB wants to or not. Dude. Yeah. So much eating. So much eating. Um, I don't know if I have too many more rapid fire questions. Um, favorite sitcom? First air duh. Nice. You know every single word of the theme.
2: Uh, there's a couple of things where I'm not exactly sure what he says, but I kind of know how it goes. Have you heard the 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 full extended version? Uh, a few times, yeah, but I yeah. don't know it by heart. Yeah, it's
1: a good one. Um, don't really think I have too much more. I don't want to drag on rapid fire when we're like sitting here thinking about it, so um i think that's uh that might be the game for the the night the the podcast the game over man it always goes so fast
2: that's like yeah. my favorite part of the show i wish we could just do that for like an hour oh, get to know each other
1: <laughs> so much yeah. fun
3: <laughs> yeah it's really for the viewers to get or the listeners to get to know us too so.
1: yeah yeah well i think they know we all like oreos except for i think yeah i don't like oreos michelle do but Double stuffed Oreos.
2: Regular Oreos, I won't even need anymore.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, I, I got to get double stuffed.
2: Double stuff. Have you guys had the Mega Stuff yet? No. 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 no I, might
3: I haven't either. That might it's be been all over Twitter. Yeah. That might be too much for me.
2: Because, see, my thing is, like, I don't just eat the cream. Like, I eat the cookie, too. Like, so yeah, I eat everything. So, to me, like, the double stuff is, like, the perfect, like, cream to cookie ratio. It is. If you're one of those people who, like, only eats the cream, then I could see why the Mega Stuff would be better for you. Yeah.
1: That's, that's if you're but, one of those people. But I'm not one of those people. So. So I think it's been real. It's been fun. But
2: has it been real fun? I think it's been real fun. Anytime I get to talk to my bros, it's it's a good time. Bros. It
4: is.
1: And uh, we're going to link up. Next two weeks. Two weeks. Tournament. That's right. SEC that's Slow right. Smoked is going uh, live in Memphis in two weeks. And then Holt- yeah. We'll have to do a live show. Yeah.
3: And we'll be – he and I will be reuniting in a few days, too. We'll be watching the SEC tournament together this weekend, and then he'll be uh, taking a little high to Chicago to Chicago for about four days, and then we'll reconvene again for the NCAA tournament. <laughs> so we got we got a lot of fun coming up in these next few weeks. And uh, obviously we're going to have another podcast uh, next week as well before the real fun begins with the, the real tournament, the NCAA tournament, not just the conference tournament, but the NCAA tournament. We'll definitely have a lot of predictions for that that's gonna be a lot of fun i can't wait to do that show that's gonna be the most fun we're also gonna do a uh, bracket contest for that as well and holt will have all the details for you on the next episode too
1: can't wait to do that shit Hell it'll be yeah. fine um all right let's get an oh yeah on the way out and we'll call it a day one two three jb go oh yeah peace
0: Thanks for tuning in to another outstanding episode of the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. Be sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SEC Slow Smoked. Spread the good word on this podcast like the chili and cheese on your fries. If you like this podcast, tell a friend, because there's plenty to go around. Oh, yeah.